Nice. Welcome to Thursday nights. How's everyone doing? Good, man. This is weird. I feel so unofficial sitting up here without the pulpit. So, um, but welcome to Thursday nights. This one's a special night. So if you are brand new, um, this isn't what our normal night looks like. Normally we have our worship band and we, we're, we're running into a series. As you can see up here, we're doing Sunday school stories. Um, I am Pastor Mitch. In a short second, there is actually someone who's going to sit in that seat. Um, my wife, Jessica, is going to be up here with me in a, in a few seconds. Um, <laughs> she thought she could hide, but we found her. Um, no, so tonight is a special night. If you didn't see the video post or if you saw it and you were super confused because I'm very awkward in front of a camera and in real life, um, we're going to do a serve night. And tonight's going to be a little different. Um, so what we're going to start out with is I'm still going to go into our catechism. We do a catechism every Thursday night. It's just Q&A with scripture, kind of helps build our foundations in our faith. Um, and then I'm actually going to give us a quick Devo on the reality of what refinery even is. Um, that's what we call this Young Adults Ministry, the refinery. That's part of the reason we have this awesome logo done by yours truly over here. Um, and we actually have a theme like scripture that I, they did like a whole chapter of a book as like their theme book. And it just stressed me out. So I made it two verses. Um, and then from that time, we're going to go into a Q&A with Jess and I. So we did one when I first started here with Pastor Tom. Um, and it was uncomfortable because no one knew me. No one knew who I was. So they didn't really know what questions to ask. Um, and so my hope is now that we've been here for a few months and Jess is now with us, you can actually ask us both questions. She can tell you the truth when I fib. Um, and uh, don't tell the whole truth, maybe. But... Uh, We'll go from there. And then our serve opportunity tonight is actually very special. Uh, it's been something that's been actually on Chris Campbell's heart. Um, there you are. Sorry, I completely lost you in the crowd. But Chris Campbell uh, has this, had this idea of, of reaching out to the shut-ins, the people who are in ALFs and nursing homes that are still members of our church. They're still part of the body of Christ. They just can't be with us all the time in person. And so um, we have this giant stack of envelopes. There's about three per person. Um, and what we're going to do is after the Q&A, um, I just want you guys to write your heart to them, whether it's uh, just saying, hey, like, I, I know you don't know me, but my name is Trevor, and, and I'm a teacher here at the school, and, you know, I just would love if you could pray for my students. Like, I'm praying for you and whatever things you have going on, but I'd love for you to just, because their ministry is limited, but it's not done with, right? If they're alive, they can still pray. And so don't be afraid to ask them to be praying for you. Like, that's a huge thing to ask. And Pastor Jim is super excited. He's our senior pastor. Over the, he's like the pastor over the seniors. Pastor Jeff is our senior pastor. But um, So we're going to do that. And then afterwards, my heart for these serve nights is truly something different for, these, for this beginning of the year. I know a lot of us are used to, like, going out and doing things as a group and, like, Dream Kids of America or whatever it was called. Or we do these, these trips. Um, but something I've realized, and not necessarily with us and not even with Indian Rocks, uh, but as the church as a whole, and, and especially in Western America, we like to go do things for the sake of doing it and, and feeling accomplished. Um, but the heart behind it doesn't really matter at much, right? It's almost like we go on that week-long missions trip and we take more pictures than we do interact with people. Like it's just a vacation and we even feel better because we called it a missions trip. And so my heart for these serve nights, and we're going to do one at the end of every month to kind of give us a break from this really long series we're doing, um, is to instill core principles through, like, a, a, like, you know, applicable notions, but really build our hearts to serve. Because, I mean, Paul says it in Scripture. He says, let's serve, like, let's be people of service, but much more service to the house of the Lord, right? So if, if we can't be serving each other organically and just loving on each other organically, the world's going to look through our, our poopy filtered glasses when we go out there just to serve for the heck of it. People can see the heart. People, whether you think it or not, are very discerning. And if we all were to go serve right now, I guarantee you there'd be, and they'd look at us and go, oh, okay, they definitely, there's some clicks in there. Like some of them are probably doing it because they want to. Others are doing it because they're sunnies, right? I said that all in one breath and I, and I couldn't hold anymore. I'm sorry. Sunnies. That's how I talk after I eat sunnies mostly too. So um, listen, I just said this earlier. The takeout version is way better than the sit-in. Don't know why, just happens. Um, but so, so what I want to do is, is after we do the Q and a, we do have our very own Jared running bingo for prizes. I know you guys are like, that's very old. He makes it very fun. There's also a, uh, Starbucks gift card, a, um, uh, Cold Stone gift card 
and a Buffalo Wild Wings. I said B-dubs earlier, and some people were confused. But Buffalo Wild Wing gift card, plus merchandise is going to be going out. Um, so if you want to play bingo, you can win some of those prizes potentially. But then also just hang out with each other. Like, I want the rest of our night to be you're out there playing ping pong with each other, pool with each other. You're in here chit-chatting. You're in here playing uh, bingo together. You're getting to know people you don't get a chance to know on a regular Thursday night because we have a certain flow going. Um, but again, if we don't have a proper heart towards each other, we're never going to have a proper heart towards the people we don't know. Like, if we, if we truly want to love on people outside of these four walls of the church, like, we need to genuinely love the church. And when I say church, I mean the, the body, which is what's in here. Not this building, not the cool lights, but each other. And so with that being said, um, our catechism tonight is, is right on the money with it. And if you want to pop it up for me, question 24 says, why was it necessary for Christ, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, to die? And it says, and since death is the punishment for sin, Christ died willingly in our place to deliver us from the power and penalty of sin and bring us back to God. By his substitutionary atoning death, he alone redeems us from hell and gains us for forgiveness of sins and righteousness and everlasting life. And the scripture is Colossians um, 1, 21 and 22. Sorry, my cataracts are kicking in. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. That is the heartbeat of our ministry. And I don't care if I ever preach another message outside of the gospel alone, but all of us without Jesus Christ and surrendering our lives to him are dead. We're walking around here dead. And one day we're going to be eternally dead, separated from God in hell. But yet God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, pay your penalty for sin, so that when you surrender your life, you could be born again. And not only have hell insurance and get to go to heaven one day, but you could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ here and now. Your eternal life starts here today when you surrender your life to Jesus. Romans 3.23 says, For all have fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 tells us that for the wages of sin is death, like we learned, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So my heart tonight is if you have been struggling with that, if you don't even know what the gospel is, what I just gave you, which is the, the nutshell of the gospel, I pray that you talk to either myself or someone in this room tonight and don't leave here without making that choice. Because, man, do I want to rejoice with you in heaven one day, but I want to I love on you as the body of Christ today. I want, I want you to be a brother or sister in Christ with me starting today. And so with that being said, that falls onto the heartbeat of our logo, the refinery, right? Um, you kind of wonder where we get the name from. I think, I think I have to give Trevor some credit, right? You were involved in the, in the naming. That's why it looks a little hipster, right? I know. I just, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I didn't make it. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, but the logo is actually very intentional. It's super cool looking. Sam did an amazing job painting it on the walls around here. Um, but if you can't tell, some people always say it looks like a weird pretzel. Um, and it kind of does, but I, hopefully I can change your vision on it here now. If you look at it, it actually has a heart in it. And it also has almost a triangular uh, knot, which actually stands for the Trinity. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And, and the whole basis behind the logo, and I don't know if this is originally what it was, but this is what I'm taking from it, and we're going to move forward with it. It's that eternal love of God. It's, it's not the fact that God is just eternally loving, but in God, like we learned from the story of Adam and Eve, God was already community. He was perfectly communicating through the three people of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in love with each other, and he created humanity to be brought into that. That's why redemption's here. That's why Jesus Christ died on the cross is because he originally made us to be part of his eternal, perfect, loving community, and we chose to try and be better than that. So we fell, and that's what we are without Jesus Christ. We are broken. We are separated from that love. But yet when we surrender our lives to Jesus and how he died for our sins, we're now back into that eternal love. We're now back into the body of Christ. It's just a small glimpse you see of people around here. And the, and the refinery, the verse that goes with it, like I said, there used to be a whole book attested to this. I, I dropped it down to two verses. Uh, but it's 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 6 through and 7. It says, You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. Amen to that. So the proven character of your faith, which is more valuable than gold, though gold is perishable, it is refined by fire, 
may the result uh, may result in the praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus. It's this reality, and most of you who have been here for more than two weeks know that I love the word sanctification. I love the word purifying. I like I like the word of of, of an all-consuming fire that that refines you. Because we as Christians, it's not that we're just saved now. We get to go keep living the lifestyle that we used to live. We get to go keep sinning and doing whatever we want. We now get to run into life with Jesus Christ empowering us to experience what he truly has for us. And there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be the reality of sin when we fall. And man, that refining comes through grace. It comes through mercy. And it comes through hope. And that's what we get when we get to be in Jesus Christ. And so... I pray you're encouraged. I know most of you are like, man, he's already done because I can go for about 45 minutes to an hour and 20 like we did sometimes, um, which is a lot of fun. And, uh, but tonight, that's my simple focus. Um, I want us to understand the gospel. I want us to understand why we even meet here on Thursday nights is because of the gospel and why we are alive in the gospel. Um, and for anyone who hasn't made that choice to surrender their life to Jesus Christ, that they could do it tonight that they could leave here by the end of the night and, and be assured of their soul and where it's going and what it's going to be doing for the rest of their days. And so with that being said, let me pray real quick, and then I'm going to call up my wife, and uh, we're going to do some Q&A. Amen? All right. Father, just thank you for this time. Thank you for just these people, Lord. I'm so excited to, to just be with our family tonight. Um, Lord, I love the fact that we don't have to have the same parents or even the same zip code, but when we are in the body of Christ, we have family all over the world. God, I'm, I'm so thankful for what you call us to and called us from because we were dead in our sins. We were wicked. Romans 5 tells us that yet while we were helpless at the right time, Jesus died and paid for our sins. I love that aspect because so many of us think that we can just do enough good and God's going to be okay with us. We can just do all the right things and God's going to let us into the pearly gates. But God, you tell us clearly that there is nothing we can do to earn our salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn our way into your presence. It is only through your, Jesus, through your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did on the cross, Lord. And so I pray that we just soak in that tonight. But I also pray that we have fun writing these letters to these uh, senior shut-ins and, and people stuck in ALFs, Lord. And really just knowing that such a simple task, I mean, this seems so small on the outside, but God, the eternal impact that this is going to have getting a letter from someone they don't even know, just telling them that they're being prayed for, encouraging them to pray for each other, Lord. It's, it's just, it, it goes without saying that these people are going to be so blessed by what we're doing, and I'm so excited for that because they should still feel like they're part of the family because they are, and we're going to be with them in eternity one day. So, Lord, just let us all have a focused heart tonight. Let us have fun tonight. Keep us all safe tonight, Lord. Uh, we pray this all in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right, Jessica, you can come on up. She's I'm going to sit here as long as possible. <laughs> oh, dear. That's just you demand that presence. Um, so how we're going to do this is Jared is going to be kind of, I don't even know what those people are in the t talk shows are called, but he's going to be the one with the mic running around. Uh, and if you have a question, uh, what? Host, yeah, or, a host. host or an MC, yeah, MC, whatever works. Yeah, we'll take it. Um, but he's going to run around that way because I know some of you have very quiet voices or you're very shy, so you don't want to talk too loud. Yes. Um, so he is going to actually bring you a mic so you can ask a question nice and loud. Ask. Sorry, I didn't pronounce the K too well. Sorry. that's all. It's in the King James somewhere, so it's fine. Um, Leave that in the recording. <laughs> Um, we are, I did make the decision to record all of this plus the Q&A because I know some people who are already off to college that we've been sending off have asked if we could. Um, so if you are new to us and you want to hear what it looks like on a Thursday night normally in the messages that we preach, we're on every major podcast website as the Refinery 727. All our sermons are up on there. So if you want to see what type of guy I am or what I preach, you can go on there and then you can come back hopefully. But um, all right, so we'll open the floor. And uh, I will preface this with one thing. If there is a question that's just really stupid or inappropriate, like, I'll just call you out on it. Um, we are young adults. So I'm hoping we that doesn't happen. We will screen the questions. But, <laughs> but yeah, let's go. Um, oh, can you try the mic? Just hold it. Hello. Keep talking. Hello. Keep going. Hello. <laughs> that's fine. Thank you. All right. Questions. Questions. And this is any questions about us, about oh, the ministry, about the series we've done. My I mean, wife did have a question. You're, 
Who? She asked me to bring her in the hoodie. Oh, okay. So, bringing that up. So this is honestly, there is no, I, I know I said I wouldn't answer the question. There is no silly question. Like, I don't, if you want to ask us, I'm sure London's going to be asking us about our cat. Um, so we do have a cat. So I we, didn't bring the mic to that. I'm sorry. Uh, screen Victor's I have a question, question over though. here. Screen that one before you give him the mic. Right, what's the question? <laughs> and that's why I asked him to screen it. Okay, yeah, that's fine. How did you and Jess meet? Do I get to share my side first? <laughs> How we met, we are in agreement on. That is true. So we met on a missions trip to Honduras. To Honduras. I thought she was super cute, so I stole her luggage. Um, Karma got. I think he just thought it was his. I actually. Maybe. <laughs> Karma did get me, though, because as soon as I, we got up to the actual line to get like our luggage searched, we had extra luggage because you're bringing stuff to an orphanage, so we were bringing baby formula. So what did they do? They said, hey, the guy with the faux hawk, the diamond studs, and the tank top with tattoos should have the black with pink polka-dotted suitcase full of baby formula. That was formula. not my suitcase. It was not hers. But, of course, we're in Miami airport, so there – I don't speak any English. Or, I'd see – Come again? I don't speak any Spanish. So, like – they're yelling at me. All of a sudden, I turn around, and there's a guy with an AK on me. And I'm like, what in the world? And they start pointing at the baby formula. And I'm like, no, not crack, not cocaine. Like, I didn't know what to say. But luckily, the people leading the trip knew a lot of Spanish, and they were able to, like, play it out. But for a long time, I was getting, like, held off to the side. So I was like, man, I probably shouldn't have taken her luggage. But it worked. So, yeah. Does that kind of count as how we met? That is how All right. Sweet. Any other questions? <laughs> Raise your hand and I'll come to you. All right, here we go. You don't need it? Yes, you do. Everyone yes, you else. Do. What, is your what was your first date? That is where we disagreed. Yes. <laughs> Am I answering first? Nope. Ah, okay. <laughs> the right one's answering first. <laughs> so our first date was, when, did you say when or what? What? Our first date was just, I mean, there was nothing special, like crazy. <laughs> And for the people listening to the recording later, the crowd like is saying, a ooh. Hot air balloon ride or something. <laughs> we just went and got dinner on the beach for our first date. Where? Seabreeze. Dude. <laughs> we and both what's, like what's, what's Mitch's side for the first date? First off, we both, both really like that restaurant. And it's nice. You're out on the water. You got the little like Edison lights out and stuff. There's live music. It's not special, but it's kind of. Kind of cool. It was very so special. So for me, it was New Year's Eve lightning game. It was not a date. Uh, she she act, act, actually asked me to was go. Not, how did I ask? Hey, I need someone to go to a lightning game no, with no. me. No, 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 no. That's no. what I heard. I said, hey, I would like a friend to go with to a lightning game. I am. Would you be available to go? Listen, she's very popular and she has a lot of friends. So to ask me means come on. <laughs> We all know on the inside. No. All right, before I get in more trouble. <laughs> all right, other questions. <laughs> yes, Tim? We're, um, what's, what was both of your parents' impressions, good or bad, of the other one? That's good. Initially, he finished that with. I pulled the mic way too quick. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, so my mom would always tell me that I needed to date Jess. Um, but I, I didn't listen most of the time. So my, my mom actually loves Jess. I mean, my mom is very much, you, you lack common sense, and Jess has a lot of common sense. So um, my mom actually truly, like, is in love with her. So Both of my parents have always had a high respect for Mitch. Um, when we first, we did try dating back when we were 16. Well, I was 16 and he was 17, and it did not work. It did not work. I think it lasted oh, two or three weeks. it did not work. And, two, like, two out of the three weeks, she was recovering from wisdom teeth getting pulled. So it was really, like, one week of dating. Not the point. Not the point. All right, sorry. However, at, they love Mitchell now. I mean, they just think he's such a good godly leader and that he's very respectful, and they just always had a good care for you since the beginning 
Yeah, even in like the in-between years, because there was a, quite a gap between like obviously when we first tried dating and then dated again and now we're married. Um, but like we went to the same church. Like obviously that's how we met in the missions trip. I mean, w- whenever I was in town, because I was away for three years working at a Christian camp full time, and every weekend I came in. I mean, it was it was her and her family who were the first ones to greet me, like coming up the aisles, giving me hugs, like all that type of stuff. And um, her dad's of few words, and so like even just getting like a high from him, I was like, oh man, like that's that's something special, like. And so it's cool. So, I, yeah, it was always very much a, there was always such a great relationship there. And my brother was, funny enough, my brother, who barely, like, talked to Jess during those years, was always like, dude, we knew this was going to happen. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but, so, yeah. yeah. Good question. Other questions? Don't be shy. Zach has one. Zach has one. You got to get that. Dude, you're holding Z- Zach, you literally get held your hand up, man. You, like, held Come up on. down here. You're like. <laughs> it was right there. When did you know you guys were, yeah, I, I knew how to say it in my head. I'm trying to say it now. When did you know you guys were meant for, to marry each other? That makes so sense. There's two, two answers, right? So I actually, funny enough, so again, I had gone away to work at Camp Gilead, um, and I had come back in 2016. Yeah, so 2016, I came back to from Polk County, which is like coming back from a foreign land. Um, <laughs> it is a whole different world. But I moved back down, and Jess had been in a very serious relationship, and they had just broken up for good reason, and she might share some of that here in a second. But I found out that they had broken up, and our college pastor, who was also a youth pastor, uh, we, we helped him serve in the youth, and then we, he was like our college pastor. I found out, and she, he actually like helped walk her through that experience, and I was like, and his name was Brandon. I looked at him one night, and I was like, Brandon, I hope you understand. Like, I'm going to marry her. Like, she did no clue. Like, we I don't even think we had just started talking yet. Like, we weren't even talking. Like, she had. Just, and I looked at him. I'm like, I will, I will get her to like me again. <laughs> like, like I am not letting her go a second time. Like, Brandon, I promise you. Like, we are going to get married. And like, I didn't even know if I was going to get a date. Like, because this was a year before we like started dating. So that's when I knew. So I don't think there was like a really like date that like pops in my head of when I knew I was going to marry him. We like he said uh, we were both in long-term relationships while you were away. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it obviously was for the greater good that I don't even remember it. So um so and I had been in a long-term relationship as well and when I broke up with or the relationship ended, I knew that I didn't want to just jump, like, all in right away with another relationship. So we kind of just took it slow, really actually, like, dated, like, went out on dates and just got to know each other all over again. And by the time I became his girlfriend is when I think I knew that I was going to be his wife. So sweet. (laughs) What other, there we go. All right, now now you guys are getting more comfortable. Come go. on, we need questions. The proposal. Like when or like what? I think it's an all-encompassing uh, statement. Who do you want to hear it from? I mean, I think it's really standard. So, coming from Belgian descent, he they have their own Christmas backstory. They have their own Christmas. It's on December fifth. Sixth. Well, no, yeah, it's you're fifth right. And fifth, sixth. yeah. It's like Christmas Eve and Christmas, and it's on December fifth, and that we we always like go over to his mom's house and like celebrate their Christmas, their way. Like it's it's kind of different. Like it's not necessarily so like in how Europe, you, like American Christmas, like the twenty fifth and twi- or twenty fourth and twenty fifth, like is dinky. It's kind of like they don't they see it as almost like a secondary thing, because to them we have what's called Santa Claus, and it's um, Saint Nicholas, and Saint Nicholas would actually come around on a steamboat. With his donkey, I'm not kidding. This is actually history. You can laugh, but this is like this. He was a saint in the Catholic Church. He would come around. Unfortunately, I mean, his his helper wasn't always a helper by choice. It's not the question. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Um, but they would come over and they would bring toys to the orphanages and to the homeless children and all that type of stuff. They would do that. And so the tradition is, you lay out a shoe the night before. You put some carrots in it for the donkey. You sing your little Christmas carols or Santa Claus carols, and then you wake up. Usually, your dog ate the carrot. 
and uh, you got toys. And so that was big Christmas, and that's big Christmas in Europe. And so that's where we would always celebrate it together once we started dating. So, uh, I don't know, a week or so prior, he's like, I got you the best Christmas gift ever. He's like, just get really, like, get dressed nice. And I'm like, well, where are we going? I'm not telling you. I'm like, but I need to know what to wear. So where Type are we a. going? So I got dressed up real nice, and we're driving down, like, towards his mom's house and he's like oh I just gotta like make a quick stop real fast and I'm like first of all we're pulling in his house on two wheels and I'm like what are you why are you driving so crazy right now so we go inside and he's like okay your gift's out back I'm like why is my gift out back like what did you get me like a paddleboard or something like why like why can't right, it fit we in went, the we house we go paddleboarding it wasn't like she just assumed I was getting her yeah. paddleboard and so we walk out to his backyard and as soon as I walked out there was our pastor's wife in the bushes taking pictures of me. <laughs> but there were Christmas lights all over the backyard, and there was, like, a, a wooden, like, fence, like, that you, I made or something. A, I had like an archway a, with, yeah. like, twinkle lights on it, and then I had put fake snow Fake snow, snow on the ground and twinkle lights all over the place, and then that's when he proposed. And he had my parents there already, and I didn't know that they were hiding around the side of the house. And yeah, they're, We're not no, in the they're on the side of the house, in the shadows. <laughs> and just to add some more awe, if it doesn't, then it's fine. But, like, when I asked her out, I made a sign out of, like, old picket fence that said, baby, check yes or no. And so I had the same thing set up on the table. So I got one awe. So there we go. That was worth sharing. But yeah, that's pretty much the proposal. That was sweet. So pretty cool. She really... If you haven't heard me make the joke, and she gets on me all the time, she really just loves Christmas to begin with and, like, Hallmark Christmas. So I was like, why not do, like, a Hallmark Christmas-style proposal? So Very good job, Mitch. Great job. All right, we have a question over here. I'm coming. I have coming. my moments. Here I come. Come on. Who Trevor, chose was the your cat? hand up, or are you just cracking knuckles? Oh, okay. Who chose the cat? Who chose the cat? That would be me. <laughs> Follow-up cat question, okay? Clarifying question for the cat. What's the cat's name? Winston. <laughs> oh, we got one. I'm coming over to you in a second. This is not about the cat. <laughs> Just to clarify, what's your favorite characteristic about each other? Sorry, I, I keep pulling the mic away really fast. He finished the question. They had a clarifying part. But we left that part out. That's fine. Favorite characteristic about each other? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could give the cliche answer like everything. Uh, Characteristic, nice specific. Golly, like I don't. Do you say the cat? Oh. I truly think like something uh, something about Jess that has always been there is kind of her like, and I and I say this with the most, but it's like her straightforwardness. Like, she's very just straightforward with things. And so that was always something that was very attractive to me because I'm very much not, like, sometimes, and I can be all over, my ADHD kicks in, and, and I can be very questioning in life, right? Like, I lack almost sometimes uh, that assurance. I mean, that's part of my testimony with my dad leaving and everything. Like, I just lack that, like, assurance sometimes with, like, relationships. And so, like, I never had a question that with Jess. Like, it was always just, here's what's on my mind. Here is how it is. Like, almost in a good way regardless of emotion like it was just like here's the reality of what's happening or how, how I feel or or what we're doing and so like I've always appreciated that whether it is you know it feels good in the moment like it's still very much a quality that is that what you mean like it would that be okay like type a but in a good way Not type a. Um, I would say Probably like your servant's heart. Not in just ministry, but like you just have a heart to serve whoever you can. Like you always want to make sure that I'm taken care of, that my family's taken care of, your family's taken care of. No matter what, you're going to go out of your way to serve someone. Aww. All right, question. Do you guys think that you want to have babies? 
We careful. do want to have babies <laughs> at some point in time. Yeah, I mean 100%, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Two and a half. February will be three. But, yeah, no, babies definitely. You know, when the Lord, when the Lord leads. I think that's something that's been on my heart is I didn't grow up with a big family. I didn't really grow up with a family. Um, and so now, like, we have Jess's grandparents. We have, like, her parents. We have, you know, cousins. And now nephews are being born. And so it is, it's exciting for me. That's something I've always wanted is to kind of do what my dad never did. And so now I get to give that to my children. So good question. Yeah. Other questions? Okay. And this is also Elijah, right? All right. We got Elijah and Elijah. How, to um, how should I say it? How do you know you, um, despite of how this world is now, this modern world, how do you know you're following the right path to God? Mm. That's Man, that's a good question. No, that's such a good question. And I think a lot of that hits on what we just talked about with that catechism question and even, even our verse, right? And I think because the world does say it, right? Everything's almost God at this point. There's even artists who sing songs about who God is, and they're completely left field, right? And so it's a very tricky way to navigate. But the one thing I can tell you for sure is, I mean, right here, like, your Orthodox Bible, right? The 66 books, not the Catholic Bible with more books or Book of Mormon or any of those things. When, when you read this from front to back, you find one thing and it's in a unified story, right? And, and immediately in the first book, there's a savior promise, right? Because we say Adam and Eve fell, right? They bit of the tree, sin entered the world, and immediately God promised a, a Messiah. And so for the whole Old Testament, we see these characteristics, these dimensions of what this person's going to look like. And then as soon as you read any of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see it's Jesus Christ. And, and even the world can taint who Jesus is. But if you read these words, you see exactly who he is. And, it's, and it's, this is where the world and even the church in, in Western, like you said, in, in modern times, um, wants to paint this picture of love and acceptance and like whatever, whatever can get you to God is what you need to do, right? Just follow kind of your heart. Well, like scripture tells us, like your heart's above just deceitful and sick and dead due to sin. We need to follow what this is giving us. And it says that it's through Jesus Christ by grace alone, through faith alone. But you don't just enter into a relationship with Jesus and, and, and just go, okay, well, that's all I got to do. Because what Jesus says is I'm your Lord and Savior, right? He's not just Savior. He doesn't just give you hell insurance. He says, I've given you 66 books of my word. Because John chapter 1 says that the word became flesh, and that was Jesus Christ. So the words I have here in totality is who Jesus Christ was embodied. And so when he says, you know, lay down your life daily and pick up your cross, like I now die to all the things that I say make me comfortable, or I die to all the things that I once said were, well, you know, the drugs or whatever, all these things that we chase after to find peace and comfort. You know, he tells us what is good and what's good for us and tells us what's bad for us. So we, we don't just surrender to, yeah, Jesus Christ saved my life. We surrender to everything that he tells us about. And so I don't know if that's, it's kind of like just off the top of my head kind of answer. But I think if you want to find the true path to God, it's what Jesus, he says, I am the gatekeeper, right? In John chapter 15, he calls himself the gatekeeper and the gate. You know, there's no Buddha or Muhammad. There's no transic yoga. There, none of these things that the world's like, do this plus Jesus and you're good. Or do this and you found your inner Jesus consciousness. It's, it's in a person who is Jesus Christ. And he came, he died paying the penalty of sin and death. So that when you say, you know what, God, I surrender myself to Jesus Christ and him alone. He'll make you born again. And then it promises you that in that moment, if you've genuinely accepted that, if you've genuinely made that declaration, there's this peace that's beyond understanding. Sometimes it might be faint. Sometimes it might be massive. But you will now have this renewed peace of, I could die tomorrow, and I know that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ that's beyond this physical life. So I don't know if that helps. All right. Good. Yeah. Did you want to? Amen. Right. That was really good. <laughs> Wait, I'll come to you in just a second. Trevor has a question. No. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm sorry about that, Trevor. Know, Apparently no one like, wanted wow. to hear your question. Here you go. Uh, so this one could be really fun, could, could be boring, but um, in your dating and or marriage, have you guys had any, like, theological doctrine differences? And if so, how have you kind of, like, worked through that, if there is anything? 
I would say not necessarily like genuine differences. I think terminology is a big thing, right? Because I think, and you and I could probably attest to this, like being in seminary, like being in, in, in school, you learn uh, certain like terminology and wording that's more scholarly, right? That kind of can encompass things. Whereas like, I mean, so background, like I went to public school my whole entire life until I started going to Christian from my undergrad into seminary. Um, just went to Keswick K through 12. Um, and so, I mean, she was saved at a young age at seven. So, I mean, and she's grown up like in the church. And so I don't think it was ever like a true genuine disagreement. I think it was just confusion to where we had to talk it out to understand, oh, you're wording it this way. And I'm just coming at it from kind of more of probably an academic standpoint. So I don't know if that helps. But that's always where we've been. I mean, we've always been genuinely kind of, we've always just been right on. It's just kind of two different roads to figure it out. I don't know if that's boring or fun, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll be honest. I'm way more nerdy. If, if you've ever talked to me at length about scripture or who Jesus Christ is and what, what he came to do, uh, I'm going to get that part right this time. But, uh, like, I'll nerd out forever. Right. And there's I think there's some points where if you're not just nerdy about it, which isn't wrong, like you can kind of go, all right, please, like, let's watch the movie. <laughs> like one of the movies that we were watching the other day had like a philosopher in it, Kierkegaard, like they brought him up. And so I just start going down, like down point on this dude. And Jess is like, can we just I don't I don't know. I really can't tell you. It was a Christmas movie. And she's like, I saw the philosophy book on your nightstand. And then they started talking, and I don't know, but oh no, <laughs> it was in um, uh, Virgin River. In what? It's a Netflix TV series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she's like a nurse, and the guy is. She's like, I didn't know that you read books, and he's like, Yeah, I read philosophy. And then there was Kierkegaard. And now the real question for that was, did you pause? the show and then explain it or did you let the show keep playing no, i full-on just talk through oh, everything no, he oh, talks okay. through every just, show just wondering <laughs> for those of you listening at home everyone is booing mitch right now that was the disagreement all right <laughs> there's there's our disagreement i just talk through everything and she's just like pause you done <laughs> all right we got a question over here what's the best thing about being married to you guys I'm about to sound super cliche, but I'm going to just say, like, and I mean, it's my best friend. Like, she takes, and it's not just, like, cliche, like, the, like, oh, we just have laughs and giggles. But it's, like, the, I can come home, like, literally, like, just beat up, ticked off, like, broken to the world. And, like, just she experiences it, is it all just raw emotion. And then we just work through it. Like, there's just, like, that ironclad, like, even if I might come across brash or, like, harsh or quiet, like, she knows to just press into it. She knows how I work. And so I think that's probably the best part for me is there's truly, like, that home that I can come to and just be like. <laughs> yeah, I think I was going to, like, I was going to say, like, just the life that we, like, share together. Like, you know, just the realities of life instead of just the highs of you know, going on vacations or going out on a date, but it's like coming home and both of us having terrible days or I've had a terrible day and I'm like, I just need peace and quiet or, you know, I need to talk it out or, you know, whatever that is. It's like, it's always there no matter what we, like, whatever we need. It's like, we've got each other for it, so. Does that help? <laughs> uh, cool. So yeah, that's good stuff. I, don't, I, want it, I want it to be helpful. Yeah. Are other, there any other questions? Yeah, other questions, guys? Coming. Oh, get my steps. So, Mitch, when and how did you get your calling for ministry? I see these two. When, yeah, when and how did you get the calling for ministry was the question. Yeah, that's a super good question. So, um, God's sovereignty is actually a massive play in this because um, my whole thought was when I got saved, I hadn't had my car accident yet, and I thought I was going to go play. I had college scholarships offered for soccer and track. Like, I was going to do the whole Tim Tebow thing. Like, that's what I was going to do, just, like, paint John 316 somewhere. And uh, in track, they have shorter shorts. You can probably get, like, thigh or something. I don't know. But just kidding. Um, 
But when I was 17, I got hit by a drunk driver. I was on a bicycle, not even a motorcycle, so it's not that cool of a story. But I got I got hit by this this drunk lady, and she ended up leaving and fled the scene and stuff, and um, shattered my leg in half, and I couldn't walk for a year and a half. Um, they told me I wasn't gonna be able to walk for two, but God intervened. God's always better, and so He had a plan. And um, they said I'd never be able to run again. I'd never be able to work out again, do like squats and all that type of stuff. And and they said if you keep up an active lifestyle. Like, you might lose your leg at 30, even with the surgery that we're about to do. Um, and so I was kind of devastated. And I then, I, being an angsty teenager, I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I, got, I was walking in a year and a half instead of two. And then I didn't want a desk job, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I applied to the fire academy and got in. Um, but I wasn't able to get in until I finished my AA. So I had to wait. Like, I applied in August. I had to wait until next August to get into the academy. Well, our college, the first people that were running our college group, their name were Chris and Summer Wright. Um, we grew very close to them. They were awesome. I mean, they just were such good people, such hearts for the Lord. And all of a sudden, they walked in one night, and they're like, hey, guys, this is our last night or whatever. They had, like, two nights left, and we're going to go actually do an internship at this camp up in Polk County called Camp Gilly and do a camp internship up there. And so my backstory, my background is I got saved at 16 at Word of Life, Florida, so Christian camp. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Like, I want to serve the Lord, and I don't even know if I want to be a firefighter, really. It just seems fun. You get to work out, be jacked, and go save people, right? Um, and so what I did is I put an application into the fire, into the, I had been accepted to the fire academy, and I put an application into the camp. And I said, Lord, if I get the application to the camp, I will drop out of fire academy, and I will go to this camp. But if I don't get it, then I know I need to be a firefighter. Funny enough, our children's pastor at the time at Starkey was on the board of Camp Gilead, and like two weeks later, he was like, man, we accepted you like the day you handed in the, like the uh, application. We just wanted to make you wait a little bit. He's like, but you're in. And I was like, I didn't, A, I didn't even know what he was talking about because I didn't know he was on the board, but he was on the board. So I go, I become an intern. My internship gets cut short. I go full-time um, because our, the program director at the time became the camp director, so I became the program director and oversaw all summer camp retreats, all that type of stuff that happened on campus. And for that, I had to write the spiritual focuses for every speaker of every week of camp. So I was kind of already doing sermon prep to a very baby extent. And uh, God then made things very uncomfortable at camp. I mean, he stirred in my heart. And all of a sudden, I was just like, why, like, why am I not pursuing teaching the word? Because then I had started taking on teaching more already. And I was like, Are, like why am I not falling in like why don't I push into this and see what this is so I handed in my resignation and um, pursued my bachelor's in biblical counseling um, from there I did a small youth pastor stint I have some of my old youth here um, shout out to Crossbridge and uh, <laughs> but um, after that I realized I needed way more schooling if I actually wanted to be a shepherd to people um, because my base knowledge was nowhere even comfortable for me so God led me to go to seminary. I went to seminary, and then I actually started interning at Starkey Road, which is where we had met and been for so many years. And then last February, God called us here. So really, I'd, I'd be honest with you. If it was up to me, I'd still probably be trying to get into the fire academy or something. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of the call, and I, I think it's more just submitting daily, and God's going to push you in the right direction. So, yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Yes, another oh. question. What was that? She just had this like like this grin about her. I, know, I, I just like, heard oh, Mitch no. go. Oh, <laughs> so make it a good question. <laughs> um, this question's for Jess, actually. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for those of us who aren't necessarily like our jobs aren't directly involved in ministry on how we can best use like our jobs to impact the kingdom? I think one of the best ways, because working in a hospital, it's very secular, you know, very worldly, secular place to work. And you have to kind of, unfortunately, tread lightly with how you speak about ministry and you speak about, you know, your religion and, and your faith and things like that. Um, one of the best ways that I have found is, A, just living differently, you know, not just conforming to how they're talking or acting or what they're saying or just not getting involved in some of their conversations. And that kind of leads to like, well, why? And then like that kind of opens a door. Um, so that's one way. And then recently, I mean, I know this doesn't apply to everyone. It's just by like people asking me questions about like, 
just my life, like, oh, are you married? Oh, what does your husband do? And like, oh, my husband's a pastor. And then that kind of leads more into like more questions after that. But I think, first of all, I think guard your own hearts in like working in a secular place because it is very easy to get sucked into their kind of lifestyle. And then just try to find like small ways, even if it's just like one person, like try to find a small way to just talk about like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to church on Sunday or, you know, or um, I'll be praying for you or things like that. And then those comments over time will eventually lead them to start asking questions. That's really good. Other questions? Here we go. Who's the better cook? 50-50. Yeah. I see more pictures from Mitch. He brags a lot more. but I choose to, though. Because, I mean, most of the times I get home before her, so. But baking, her. I'd I'd mangle stuff. So. Got another question over here. Who does the cat like more? Me. You can't even deny it. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. He acts the same way when she's not around to me, though. But then when we're both around, he's either standoff completely or he cuddles with her. Also, he he has this weird fixation with, like, one blanket in our house (laughs) that, like, if the blanket's even visible, he meows, scratch, kicks, screams, bites until he can lay on the blanket. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Screaming cat. I think there's a small little brain damage from being a kitten outside, but good question. All right, another question over here. Okay, what's the hardest, like, for you, Mitch, like, is, are you, do you get nervous, like, sharing your testimony, like, to people, or are you just kind of, like, used to it now that you've been doing this for so long? No, I, th- I think uh, there's a healthy anxiety, um, not even anxiety, but almost a nerve, like, there's a healthy nervousness to sharing your, your testimony, sharing your, your story if you're being converted from dead to life. Um, the one thing I've learned, and we're actually going to do this with our next serve night, potentially, if I can get the right people in here for us, um, is I had to learn how to give my testimony. Because I was so nervous just going like, whoa. And I would talk about my sin for like an hour. And then I'd be like, but God. And then I'd be done. And they're just kind of like, so do you still like do that stuff? (laughs) Like, are you still that way? Um, So I think that's where the nerves comes in. Because you never know what aspect or avenue of of your story you're going to have to share. That's why I always love asking people questions. Because your whole story might not be needed, but a certain aspect of it. Like, I might not have to focus heavily on the fact that my dad left with somebody if their dad didn't leave, right? It's not applicable. But say they struggled with being a horrible student and bullying people in school. Well, then I'm there for you. We can talk from that avenue, right? So I think it's just learning that that kind of gives you the nerves because you're like, I don't know what angle I'm going to have to go for. <laughs> so, and not an angle in like trying to sell, sell your testimony, but just an angle of, Guarding your heart, guarding the time, and getting to the point which is sharing the gospel with them. So I think that's the nerve, the most nerve-wracking part is knowing that sharing your testimony might be easy because it's your story, but it doesn't do much unless you get the gospel, right? Because your testimony isn't the gospel. So like, you have to be able to bring it to the gospel or you've kind of just shared your story. So I don't know if that helps. I know I keep saying that. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, any other questions or you guys getting ready to go in? Oh, there we go. Got, got one. Got one. Oh, man, you guys are rocking this. We're going to have to go into the serve night soon. So uh, I, would, I would ask, um, what was the most challenging part about getting your seminary degree? All of it. <laughs> no, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest. I was a whore. Like, I, I'm pretty sure they just, like, graduated me out of not wanting me in high school anymore. Like, I think I got the bare minimum GPA, like 2.0 weighted. Like, they were just like, please leave. Um, I just wasn't good at school. And so going into seminary, knowing that, like, I had to do, like, Zoom meetings with professors almost every other day. Like, there was work. Like, I, had, I was writing papers almost every other day, like, that were due every other day and stuff. And knowing that I was interacting with some people who had been in ministry for, like, 30 years that were going back and getting a degree, like, nor that it should be competitive or anything like that. But it almost, you're just like, well, I don't want to look dumb. Right, so it almost challenges you in a good way, and I just didn't have that motivation before, and so God definitely intervened and by His grace gave me motivation to actually really like it. So that's a good question. But yeah. 
I'll say we'll go. Okay, we'll go. I'll say probably one more question, and yeah. then if you have other questions, so we have these cards on the back table. You can write them on there and bring them to me, Mitch, Jess, something like that, and we can get them answered just through yeah. the coming weeks. Okay. So final question. You have to make it good. Oh. Okay, you might have answered this before, but I haven't heard Jess. Like, what's your top three favorite books or one that's, like, impacted you the most in your life that you've read? I don't know, guys. <laughs> I don't have any. You could have said the Bible. I mean, that's a pretty easy one there. Uh, Honey. I'm not going to give the Sunday school answer as the Bible. <laughs> Mitchell. Oh. Well, I thought she said not for me to answer. No, I said I have no answer. Oh. That's it. Yeah. The favorite book or like top three favorite books? Okay. Um, I have always loved James. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Esther and Ruth. Amen and amen. <laughs> so I will go. I mean, I almost gave the pastoral answer of the whole thing. But, uh, I mean, truthfully, for my go-to, if I'm even just, like, talking with people about understanding Scripture and saying the story of the Bible, I think they can be summed up very beautifully in, um, I love John, the Gospel of John, Romans, and then either Jude or Revelation. And now my top three, like, just books that I've read, um, I'm, I'm now reading it officially for the first time, but it's quickly become one of my favorite books, which is The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul's. Um, Richard Baxter wrote a book called The Reformed Pastor. Uh, par none, like anyone even just wanting to be like in some type of leadership or just be convicted of how to be a stronger like shepherd towards your friends and family, like that book is top notch. The Reformed Pastor by Richard Baxter. And um, there's, I gotta give two simultaneously these are two Puritans that I just love absolutely. No, like uh, Richard Sibbs, the uh, glorious freedom. It's on Galatians five, and he talks about this this just reality that like you were made free in Christ, not to just go do whatever you want, but to truly experience what He's had for us always. And that's what Galatians five really talks about. It's like you're not free just to be free and go do dumb stuff. You're free to go live what you truly were meant to live in Christ. And then um, the mortification of sin by John Owens. Um, you know, be killing sin or I'd be killing you is his favorite quote. So those are my top books. Um, but yeah, so I think that was really good. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do now is if you guys need to go get, um, pen, why not? I have pens on the table. Perfect. Um, so if you want 